As I said, we're entering a uh, new series today that I'm very excited about. We're going to be focusing on God's presence, and we're going to be looking at a different passage of Scripture each week, but we'll start every message at the same place, and that will be in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, which will be our theme verse. And I want us to read this together each week out loud. And so we'll practice today, and by the end of the month, we'll probably have it memorized and ready to go. But let's read it out loud this morning. This is Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, which says this, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. I think you would agree with me this morning that it's easy to sense God's presence when life is good. When you're up on the mountain, the boss calls you in, you get a great evaluation plus a raise. Life's good. Your newborn sleeps through the night for the first time. Life's good. You get approved for that loan, and so you're about to move into a new home. Life's good. The whole family gets together for Thanksgiving, and you all get along. Life's good. You survived Black Friday. Without incident, and with some great deals. That's a little insane, but it's still good. Life's good, and it's easy to believe that God is with us when life is good. But it's a bit more difficult, would you agree, when life's not so good? When there's more bad news than there is good news, when you're hurting, or you're feeling alone, or worried, or afraid, as Pastor Tyler and Jenny just saying, life's easy when you're up on the mountain, and you've got peace of mind like you've never known, but then things change when you're down in the valley. But here's the good news this morning. Though life changes, our God never does. He's God and He's with us whether we're on the mountain or whether we're in the valley. And that's what I want you to be encouraged with today, church. He's with us in the valley. If you're in Psalm 84, let's, uh, I want you to follow with me as I begin reading in verse 1. If you're ready, say, let's go. Psalm 84, verse 1. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. 
even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them, who passing, here it is, who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. The valley of Baca, was also known as the Valley of Tears or the Valley of Weeping. It derived its name from a certain variety of, of tree that grew there which dripped resin or gum-like tears. But there's also another reason it is often referred to as the Valley of Weeping. Psalm 84 was a traveler's song, and it was sung by those who were making their way to Jerusalem to worship. For many families, it was the, the highlight of their, of their year to be able to go to Jerusalem and to see the sights and to hear the sounds of the big city and to enter into the temple with all of its splendor. Many traveled great distances and endured much difficulty to be able to make it to Jerusalem. The way was sometimes discouraging. And so they would sing and they would worship as they traveled. Psalm 84 expresses the traveler's deep longing for the presence of God. The valley of Baca was, was part of the desert country. It was filled with thorns and wild animals and vipers and all sorts of danger. So it was nearly impossible to travel through this valley without facing extreme hardship and suffering. And with that in mind, I believe we can glean some important truth from this psalm about how to experience God's presence in the valley. And the first thought I would share with you this morning is this, in the valley, we must find our strength in God. The psalmist said in verse 5, Blessed is the man whose strength is found in thee. Now I want to say something here as kindly as I can, but as truthfully as I can. If you don't know God intimately, through a personal relationship with His, with his Son, Jesus, and here's what you need to understand this morning. When you go through the valley experiences of life, and we all go through them, Christian, believer, or non-Christian, non-believer, the, the, the Bible says that, that, that God allows it to rain on the just and the unjust. And we all go through difficult times. 
But here's the point I want to make this morning. If you go through life's valleys without Jesus, then the strength you have in and of yourself is all you have. That's it. But for those who do know Christ, and I know that that includes many of you here this morning, then you have a strength that goes beyond what you have in and of yourself. As a believer, you have a heavenly strength available to you. This heavenly strength is what Paul experienced and wrote about in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 when he said, For when I am weak, then am I strong. In other words, when I reach the end of my natural strength, there is a heavenly strength. There is a strength that comes from God that allows me to keep going when others quit. I would explain it like this. Last spring, I purchased a commuter bike. Now, commuter bikes are advertised to be used in bigger cities where People choose to ride a bike to work uh, instead of driving a car to work. It's, it's much more economical, as you can imagine. It is a, a pedal-assisted mode of transportation. And that's, that's really what they were intentionally marketed for. But as I began to read about the details of, uh, of these commuter bikes... Here's something else I learned. They are made for old guys <laughs> like me who ride with younger guys and who just want to keep up. Now, in my life, that would be Mike Collins and Mike Puthers. Mike Collins is half my age, and Mike Puthers is... Well, he's just a genetic freak. <laughs> I say that kindly, but he is a manimal. The guy never gets tired. He just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. I mean, it's nuts. It, the guy is just incredible. So when I ride with them, and, and I'm pedaling along, listen, it, it's, it's not long, and I run out of gas. I mean, I, I, I just come to the end of my own strength, and so I just keep falling farther and farther behind. That's when I'm on my regular bike. But when I'm on my commuter bike, when I come to the end of my own strength, that does not mean I'm at the end. Because I've got another source of strength available to me, and all I have to do is push a button, and the pedal assist kicks in, and I'm just right up beside him, and I'm talking, and I'm chatting, everything's cheery. It's like, let's go, Grandpa! You tracking with me? Now I'm relying on another source of strength that is available to me that is outside of me. 
And, and here's the point this morning for those of you who know Christ. But you may be in a, a valley in your life right now and your strength is almost gone. Listen to me this morning. Don't give up. Keep pedaling. Don't quit. Take advantage of the ever-present source of strength that is to be found in God. And that's the key. It's found in God, not in us. Listen, making it through the valley experiences of life, listen, it's not about trying harder or working more or being tougher or just gutting it out. It's not about making it on your own or pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. The psalmist did not say, blessed are those who are really determined. And let me just say this, I think one of the big problems in our culture today is that we tend to idolize independence. We tend to embrace the ideology that we don't need anybody else. That we can make it on our own. But listen to me this morning. We weren't made to be independent. We were not made. We were not created by God to depend on on ourselves alone. No, no, no. We were created to depend on Him. Blessed are those who realize that they can't make it on their own and that they need to to live a power-assisted life or they're destined to fail. Some of you need to lean into that this morning and be helped by it. That you're not alone and that it's not a sign of, of, of weakness To admit, I need God. I need help. Blessed are those whose strength is in the Lord. But here's the second truth today. In the valley, we must keep our focus on the destination. The desired destination for these Jewish travelers was the tabernacle where the presence of God dwelt, the temple where the presence of God dwelt. And it was in their hearts to get there and worship there. Look at it again in uh, in verse 1. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. Look at this. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. And look at verse 7. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. It is so easy to get distracted when we're in the valley. Imagine being one of these travelers as they were passing through the valley of Baca. As I said earlier, it was filled with thorns and wild animals and vipers and all sorts of danger, including thieves and robbers. In other words, there was a a lot there to draw their attention and to distract them from their destination, which was Jerusalem. 
And I'm sure at times it was difficult for them as they were looking out for themselves and for their little ones and, and they were trying to keep an eye out for thorns and, and for vicious animals and, and, and for some low life to, to come at them and, and rob them and take away their goods. Listen, it, it, they, were, they were distracted and, 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 and focused on other things, I'm sure, at times. And by the same token, it's all too easy for us to get distracted by the troubles and trials of our everyday life. We have work problems, and we have money problems, and we have health problems, and we have marriage problems, and we have family problems. And if we're not careful, we lose sight of the fact that this world is not our home. That this life is not all there is. Somebody say amen. We really are just passing through. Heaven is our home. Not this world. And let's be mindful that nothing we experience here, and, and listen to me this morning, I am not minimizing any hurt or any pain that you may be carrying with you today. That's not my point. To you, it's real, and it, it's hard, and it's difficult, and it's burdening. I get that. But listen to me this morning. Nothing that we experience here as hard as it may be, can compare to the glory that awaits us in that place where there will be no more pain and no more sorrow and no more crying and no more sickness and no more death. So keep your eyes on Jesus. There's a third truth about valleys that we must keep in mind. I hope this will encourage you today. And it's this, we will get through them. Valleys are transitional. Look again at verse 6. Who passing, what's that next word, church? Who passing through the valley of Baca. What the psalmist say in the 23rd Psalm? Yea, though I walk, help me church, through the valley of the shadow of death. Now before we talk about the valleys of life being transitional, let, let me just add this thought this morning. They're also intentional. If you study the background, the history of that 23rd Psalm and the geography of the area there, it wasn't by mistake that a shepherd and his sheep found themselves in the dark, cavernous deeps of the valley of the shadow of death. That was a real area. That was a real valley. And they weren't there by accident. They were there by design. Through that valley was the only route that the shepherd could take to get his sheep to higher ground. And I say that this morning to say this, the valley of Baca was the only route to Jerusalem, so these travelers 
had to go through it. And the same could be said this morning for the valley experiences that we are sometimes called upon to endure from time to time. They are by divine design. Job recognized this truth in Job chapter 23 when he said this, For he performeth the thing that is appointed. Notice that. That is appointed for me. And many such things are with him. Job understood his valley experience. And if you don't understand the life of Job, you need to go back and read about it. It was a, it was a, a terrible situation that he was in. But yet he recognized that it was something that had been appointed for him. Peter expressed the same thought in the New Testament in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 6 where he said, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Note those three words, if need be. If you find yourself in a place of difficulty right now, and it's not your fault, now that's another message for another time, because sometimes the difficulties in our life are our fault. Come on, let's be honest. We make bad choices. We, we, we make irrational choices. We get impulsive, and we say things, and we do things, and, and, and we find ourselves in difficult situations. And honestly, nothing I'm preaching this morning really has anything to do with those times. Those are our own making. We, we dug that hole. We made that bed. And so now we've got to sleep in it. And that, that's, I'm not saying that God won't help you or that God can't get you through that. He can but that's not the point of the message this morning. I'm talking about those times of life that just come for, for seemingly no reason. It's not something we did. It's not something we said. It's not something that we created on our own. But if, and if that's where you find yourself this morning, then rest assured you're there because God, listen, God in his infinite wisdom, knows that's where you need to be right now. Well, preacher, I don't like it. <laughs> Not anymore than your kids like time out. But that's where they need to be right now. You with me? Well, Bridget, it's hard here. It's discouraging here. It's difficult here. Believe me. Believe me. I get that. I don't like those times of my life either. But God, in his infinite wisdom, knows that what Bill Prater needs at this point in his life to draw closer to him and to trust him more and to build his faith and to increase his walk with him. Bill, what you need right now, you need this. And I know you don't like it. And I know you don't want to be there. But I know what's best for you, son. Right now, this is where you need to be. But then here's the other part of that message. That's not where you're going to stay. I've got you there for right now. And I understand it all. But listen to me. You're not there to stay. The valley experiences of life 
are transitional. They aren't designed to last forever. Their purpose is to get us from one place spiritually to another. So the point is this. When you begin to think to yourself, I'll never laugh again. I'll never enjoy a simple pleasure again. I'll never get through this. Listen to me. You will. You will. As dark as it may be at the time. And for some of you, as dark as it may be right now. It will not always be like that. Because the valley experiences of life are transitional. And then let me give you one more thing to consider and I'll be done. In the valley, we need to do what we can do in order for God to do what we can't. Watch this, verse 6. Who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. These travelers couldn't make it rain, but they could dig pools to hold the rain when God chose to send it. God would perhaps say it this way, you show me your faith, and I'll show you my faithfulness. You show me your faith, and I'll show you my faithfulness. You dig the hole, and I'll fill it. You prepare for me, and in my time, I'll show up. This principle was in play during the the, the days of Jesus. In Mark chapter 3, we read the story where he healed the withered hand of a man. But Jesus didn't just walk up to him and say, you're healed. No, the story says that Jesus walked up to him, said, stretch out your hand. And when the man stretched out his hand, then he was healed. He showed his faith, and God showed his faithfulness. You go to John chapter 5, and you read of a man laying by the pool of Bethesda who had been lame on his feet for 38 years. He had not walked for 38 years. But Jesus didn't just come up to him and say, you're healed, start walking. No, Jesus said, get up. This guy, this guy hadn't walked in 38 years. And Jesus looks at him and says, get up. And the man got up and he started walking. He showed his faith. And then Jesus showed his faithfulness. James teaches us that if we will draw near to God, then God will draw near to us. So in the valley, we must do what we can do in order for God to be able to do what we can't do. Now here's the application today. The problem a lot of times when, when Christians find themselves in the valley is that they tend to stop doing what they can do and thus they limit God in doing what they can't do. 
They were preaching, what are you talking about? Okay, what we can do in the valley is we can be faithful to God's house. For the life of me, I'll never understand why somebody who needs God so much will seek him the least. Listen, church, the time to lay out a church is not when you need Jesus. It's not when you need strength. Listen, it's when you come to this place where God is worshipped and Jesus is lifted up and songs of praise are sung and worship is given and you're with God's people. Listen, you need to be in a place like this. As difficult as it may be to to bring yourself here, I'm just telling you this morning, this is where you need to be. Bridget, I just don't feel like it. I'm going to say what I've said a hundred times. It's easier to act your way to a feeling than it is to feel your way to an action. In other words... Don't do what you know you should do based upon feeling like it. Just do what you know you should do. And listen, the feelings will come. The feelings will follow. The encouragement, the joy, the happiness, the peace, the resurgence of strength will come. But just do what you know is right to do. What we can do when we're in the valley is pray. Come on. What we can do in the valley is read God's word. What we can do in the valley is be involved in ministry. And what we can do in the valley is still practice good stewardship. Listen, the difficult times of life do not excuse us from doing what we know is right to do. And if we'll just keep doing what we can do, at some point, God's going to do what we can't do. We can't make it rain. We can make sure we're ready when it does. We can show God our faith. So he can show us his faithfulness. Jesus never promised that we wouldn't spend some time in the valley. That's that's nowhere in this book. And I don't care what kind of yay who says it on TV, it ain't so. Jesus never promised we would never go through the valley. But he did promise to be with us it's in his name Emmanuel God with us when God is with us we go as the psalmist said in verse 7 from strength to strength when we've exhausted our strength then we can go on in his strength I'll close with this today. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops, 
but we get to know him in the valleys. In the valleys, he reveals his character to us. In the valleys, we can sense his presence and experience his strength like no other time in our life. In our weakness, God is our strength. In the midst of our darkness, He's our light. In the midst of our trouble, He's our peace. In the midst of our pain, He's our comfort. In the midst of our loneliness, He is with us. He is with us. So if you're in the valley right now, and you know, you know you've... You probably heard it said, every Christian is either headed into a valley or they're in a valley right now or they're headed out of a valley. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's our life. And if you're in a valley right now, know this, please. You are not alone. And you will not be there forever. God will lead you out. And let me speak just for a moment to those who would say, Pastor, honestly, my life's good right now. It's like I'm, I'm on a mountain right now. I mean, my job's good, the money's good, the family's good, the kids are good, my health is good. I look around me, and, and, and honestly, in my life, it's all good. But I still feel empty. Here's what I believe this morning. I believe that God will allow people to get to that place in their life to help them realize that no possession or no amount of money will ever be able to fill the void that is in their heart. You know why? Because God created that void. And He's the only one that can fill it. So granted, you may be on the mountain today, and I'm happy for you. But if you're still empty... Because you don't have Jesus. You've got a lot of other things. But you don't have Jesus. And until you have Jesus. You can keep working. And you can keep striving. And you can keep saving. But nothing will ever bring the peace. That you're missing. But Jesus. And then there may be others here today. Who'd say pastor. I would love for one moment in my life. To be on a mountain. I would give anything. Because it seems my whole life. I've been in the valley. And I've watched others living on the mountain. And living good. And living large. And, and, and my life is miserable. Well that's the flip side. I believe sometimes. 
God will let people get to that place in their life because the only thing they have to do is look up. So whether you're a lost person today on the mountains or you're somebody without Jesus in the valley, he's there. And he's willing to save you from the mountaintop or from the valley. Because the songwriter said the ground is level at the foot of the cross. There's no big U's, little I's. There's no mountains and valleys at the cross. It's level. And God is willing to save you today. If you're willing to acknowledge. <laughs> I had to come to church to get the answer for why I'm still empty. And now I know. It's because I don't have Jesus. And then again, for my friends here today, see, for you right now, life's hard, life's difficult. I mean, I couldn't imagine standing before you this morning and say, hey, they're calling in hospice tomorrow. I've got weeks to live. I couldn't imagine that talk about a valley we're talking a man who's walked with God for years and it would be my guess today that he's okay and I just want you to be okay today I can't get you out of valley and I can't promise you it's going to go away tomorrow but I know this their transition on God will get you through and so if you're at the end of your strength I'd encourage you to come today and say, God, I need you. God, I'm at, the end of, I'm at the end of my strength. I'm gassed spiritually and emotionally. Lord, I just need a boost today. Or you'd say this, God, thank you for giving me the boost today that I needed. I needed to hear that. Every head bowed and every eye closed.